Hey guys, Pastor Curtis Trouble here with Venture Community Church. Thank you for joining us online today. It's going to be a great time of worship and teaching. Again, thanks for joining us. Now prepare your hearts for an incredible time with God. Hey guys, welcome to Venture Community Church Online. We're so excited that of all the things you chose to do today, you chose to join us. And I got to say, fun as it is to worship with you and, and talk to you in your homes uh, through uh, the use of technology. Guys, it, it does not compare to the real thing. Yeah, I, I can't wait till we get to uh, come together again. And guys, it, it's, it's just so different just to be able to be in community with one another. At where we're at right now, it's great, but it does not compare to real true to life community. We're going to dive right in today. Um, God has uh, put a word um, on my heart for our church, and we're in the second week of our series, Unstuck. And basically what this is about is how Jesus unsticks the stuck. And we're, we'll go into that as we, uh, you know, as we move on. But before we do that, I want to pray with you right where you're at in your home right now. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for every single person who's worshiped with us today, God. And I ask that you would move mightily in their homes this afternoon. God, that you would show up and show off. God, that you would reveal new and awesome and mighty and powerful things about who we are in you. God, I pray that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to receive, and a mouth to confess all of the good things that you have already prepared and provided for us. God, you are mighty and matchless. Amen. Again, welcome to VCC Online. It's going to be an incredible time. Let's dive in. In this series, Unstuck, we're talking about our vices, our addictions, our hurts, our habits, anything that keeps us stuck, uh, unable to grow in advance. Uh, at Venture Community Church, we exist to grow and advance individuals and families by declaring and demonstrating his gospel to everyone, every day, everywhere. So if you feel like I'm not growing and advancing, this is the series for you. We're going to open up with Colossians. 3 3 that says for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God and maybe you could say it this way your union with Christ's death broke the association with the world so see yourself located in a fortress where your life is now hidden with Christ in God and as we go further into this series Colossians 3 is going to speak more powerful things to you every single week so don't miss it. If you missed last week, go rewatch last week. Watch this week and then join us again next week. But as we go further, it's going to speak awesome things to you. Last week, we established this, that we were made to live unstuck lives. So every week during this series, we're going to introduce a gospel truth to you so that you can apply that to your life from this point forward. Last week, we just simply established this, that Jesus is greater Again, Colossians 3.3, 3, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So the question is, why do so many believers stay, suck, stay stuck? Why do so many struggle to receive Jesus' grace or Jesus and his grace? Why don't a majority of believers live free and full lives? Why don't they live the unstuck life? And I think reasons, but mainly two. And the first one is this. They don't properly value 
what Jesus did on the cross. I don't, I don't mean to offend you. I don't mean to bother you. But that's just where I'm at. If you're stuck, first, maybe you don't properly value what Jesus did on the cross. Two, and I, this is absolutely more prevalent, people don't grow in advance. They, they stay stuck because they don't know what happened to them on the cross. Every believer is typically well-versed on what Jesus did on the cross, that he died for their sins. But not every believer knows that they died too. The Apostle Paul says it again and again to the Christians in Colossae. Paul said, you died with Christ, Colossians 3.3. To the believers in Rome, Paul said, we died with Christ, Romans 6.8. To the Corinthians, Paul said, we all died, 1 Corinthians 15.22. And you might be thinking, sitting there right now going, how? I don't, I don't know. I don't know, Curtis. That's a stretch. Well, look, look, follow me here. When you were included in Christ, you were baptized into his death. So when you said yes to Jesus, you were baptized into his death. Water baptism, what we're familiar with mostly, is, you know, dunking, bringing you up. Everybody gets excited, right? Well, water baptism is simply a reenactment of what really took place on the cross. His death became your death. His death became my death. And this, guys, is the gospel. It's really, really good news. He didn't just come for you. He came as you. He was your substitute. So when you say yes to Jesus, you've been baptized into Christ. And what baptized means is just to dip. And if you can imagine like taking a white t-shirt and dipping it in dye, entirely in dye, it comes out not a white t-shirt anymore. It's a different color of t-shirt. That white t-shirt goes from white to purple to blue to green to pink, whatever. That's kind of what happened to you when you said yes to Jesus. You were baptized with Christ. And something, something happened when you were dipped. Suddenly, you went from looking like Adam to looking like Jesus. You went from an orphan, you became a son. You went in flawed, you came out faultless. You went in a victim, you came out a victor. You went in broken and you came out complete. You went in dirty and distant and you came out clean and close. Before you were baptized, you were alienated from God. But afterwards, you were connected. You were abiding so that you can abound in him. But here's the reality. When you got saved, you probably heard a lot of good things and wonderful things about your future. If you're sitting there and you have said yes to Jesus, you probably heard all the great things that God had planned for you. Or you may have been told amazing things about your present, but I would guess, I would wager, I would bet that you probably didn't hear many wonderful things about your past. And the truth is that in the Christian life, your past matters a great deal. If you think about your past as just something that you came out of, just something you walked away from, then the simple reality is this, is you might be tempted to go back. You might be tempted to return. But when you see your old life as crucified with Christ, that tie is severed, it is dead, it is gone. And then when you look back, there is nothing of your past that looks the same. It's gone. In other words, the old no longer exists, so it no longer appeals. There's nothing to go back to 
Because your path starts at the cross. You didn't just come out of something. You were cut off. The old is gone. Paul said it this way, circumcision, which means a cutting off of flesh. In Colossians 2.11, says, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a special circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. And here's the gospel. God isn't only the Lord of your present. God isn't only the Lord of your future, but God is the Lord of your past. When you say yes to Jesus, you get everything. And when you were born again, he gave you a brand new life, which includes a brand new past. Like I said, you have a new history and it starts at his cross. You have a brand new glorious present, a brand new glorious future, and a brand new glorious past. Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Your baptism into his death is just about the most important thing that will ever happen to you. I'm going to say that again. Your baptism into his death is just about the most important thing that will ever happen to you, yet many aren't even aware that it happened. Ask most Christians about their past, and you'll hear all the bad things that happened to them, all the stupid choices they made, all the ignorant things they've done in their old life. And although their intent is to glorify God and what he did often, not always, often, the reality is that they're living in the shadow of someone else's life, someone who doesn't even exist anymore. A gospel of grace testimony is this. I was born, I did some stuff, then I died. I was crucified with Christ, and the person I used to be no longer lives, but I live and Christ lives in me. Maybe the reason you're sitting there right now and you're thinking, I, I do feel a little stuck. Maybe the reason you're stuck is because you're hauling around a rotting corpse behind you everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, you're hauling around this dead thing that ought to have been cut off a long time ago. Paul understood. Why is this important? Because Paul understood that the foundation of our new identity in Christ is a revelation that we died with him. 2 Timothy 2.11 says, this is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. It's important that we know that we died so that we can live. Paul hammered this point home. If you don't know that you've died, then you won't ever really live. Instead, you'll spend your life trying to die to self. You'll keep trying to die daily. You'll, you'll, you'll constantly be crucifying the flesh. And, and I, can, I can hear the thoughts now, like, like, Pastor, but isn't following Jesus a matter of dying daily to ourselves? Well, isn't it a matter of dying daily to our desires? Nope. Not at all. Not at all. Actually, following Jesus is simply this, and I wrote it out. It's a realization that he died for me. And as me, once and for all, and when he rose, I rose. And my selfish, trustless, and 
faithless desires are already dead because I stand here, the righteousness of Christ, having full confidence in my security in him, who said, it is finished. And I find my identity there, and every believer should too. The phrase died of self is actually never even in the Bible. Matthew 16, 24, it says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. He was showing us, not that we have to die to ourselves daily, he was showing us that the only way to salvation is through the cross. And if you'd follow Jesus, then follow Jesus. He died once, so did you. He rose once, so did you. It's the same with us. The problem with believing that you need to die daily is it adds a condition to your security with Christ. It's to say, I need the cross plus and. It's to say, I need grace plus and. It's to say, Jesus plus this. Listen, guys, wherever you're sitting, if you have ears, hear this. It's Jesus plus nothing. That's the gospel. It's to say, anything else is to say that Jesus' work on the cross was incomplete. And the problem with any message on self, even, even when we make it noble sounding, is that it promotes self. And often our best efforts are nothing more than self-centeredness disguised and packaged as a spiritual discipline. The belief that I can attain spiritual goals or that I can grow and advance more in God by doing more. That's called religion. That's called law. That's not grace. That's not what we ought to be under. And I'm not denying right now the benefits of abstinence. I'm just saying that skipping cheeseburgers, fasting Netflix, or not drinking Dr. Pepper won't make you any more holy or righteous than Jesus already has. Then the truth is that I can do nothing and you can do nothing to save yourself or make yourself more pleasing to God. If you've said yes to Jesus, he's already pleased with you. He has already saved you, and he already loves you. Jesus does it all. That's the gospel. I receive him. I receive the gift. Nothing else. And if I could do something, then that means that Jesus died for nothing. If righteousness was gained by our works and great obedience, Christ died for nothing. But it was through his good work and great obedience that righteousness came to me. He became sin that knew no sin. He, he became sin that I might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21. So we have two choices. We can One, we can refuse his work and continue ours. This is also known as law. This is religion. This is self-righteousness. Two, we can rest in his work and accept that we're already sanctified and holy and we're already his righteousness. Jesus, guys, simple, Jesus unsticks the stuff. And believers who don't know that they've died with Christ essentially end up living two lives. And I, I, talked to, I touched on this last week. I gave you my life example of how I was living schizophrenic Christianity constantly. On one hand, I was trying to walk in my new life that I received in Christ. And on the other hand, I kept going back to my old life and thinking, I, I still need to earn things. And I forgot that I didn't have to earn anything. I tried to unstick myself constantly. I was striving to become who I already was. 
I, I, was, I was striving to possess what I already had. I was trying to measure up when Jesus was saying, Curtis, you already do. I was trying to cross the divide that didn't exist. And I was asking God to do what he had already done constantly. But the cure for schizophrenic Christianity is not that you try harder, you run faster, you get stronger, you step your game up, you do more, you rededicate, you recommit, you follow these 12 steps in our discipleship program. No, the cure for schizophrenic Christianity is simple. It's a revelation of the gospel of grace or a renewal of your mind. That I was crucified with Christ and my past is gone. So, What's your old stuck self? It's this. It's the person you used to be before you met Jesus. It's who you were in Adam before you were put into Christ. Paul wrote in Romans 6, 6, we know that our old self was crucified with him. Look at the words that, that we use. Past tense. We know that it was our old self that was crucified with him. Uh, done and dusted. Um, dead and buried. Signed and sealed. Case closed, past. You know how freeing that is? Like, that is absolutely free. The old man was unfixable, broken, corrupt, and just an absolute hot mess. So Jesus says, I'm going to give you a new man. He was stuck. A slave to sin, who lived for himself with no amount of reform could unstick him. So Jesus. And the good news about the, the old man, the old thing, is he's dead when you say yes to Jesus. He's gone. That hopeless old so-and-so is, is over. So what died? When you say yes to Jesus, your fallen personality, your old stuck self, your old depressed, defeated self, your old sinful self, the old feel fearful you was buried, the old anxious, stressed out, worried you, took a bullet, your poverty died with him, your lack died with him. Your sickness died with him. Every bit of darkness and disease that once were a part of you died with him. All of your road rage took a tumble. Your bad mouth took a spill. And your old religious self was also crucified. And so the new you is unstuck. The new you is free, alive and full of life and love. The new you is full of faith. The new true self is prosperous, bold, and overflowing with hope, peace, and faithfulness. The old critical, introverted you is dead. The old addicted you is dead. The new self is completely restored to a childlike innocence and trust with God. And ultimately, the new you is righteous, pure, and holy. I know that there's going to be some people who hear that and struggle with that. But the new you, when you say yes to Jesus at that moment, is righteous, pure, and holy. The old you doesn't exist. It was an unseen death, but it was real. You died with Christ. And I realize that it's not lost on me that some of you listening today would do anything for a new past, present, and future. Guys, you're going to have that opportunity. You have that opportunity now. But we're going to specifically give you that opportunity at the end of this service. The grace life is the best life. All religion and law offers is self-indulgence, self-denial, and either way, it's a lose-lose proposition. The gospel of grace offers your best life. Galatians 6.14, through the cross, the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. We really died with them. Do you realize that 
what, what that means? It, it means that truly and, and legitimately and for real, when you say yes to Jesus, you are unstuck. Romans 6, 6 through 7 says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Our old life is dead, guys. If you, I've said it a hundred times. We've got to get it. There was a funeral. There was a tomb. Everything. It's over. The old is gone. And now we f- we're free to walk in the newness of life. The unstuck life is the grace life. And I, it, here's the question. Curtis, if, if I'm unstuck... Why do I still feel stuck? And I would tell you this. If you're a believer, you ought not live by how you feel. You ought to live by faith in Jesus. Romans 12 says this. Do not conform to the patterns of this world. Cough, cough. The world lives by feelings. Um, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be prove what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I want to say that again. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You've been conditioned to live by feeling, even as a believer, but you ought to live by faith. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Galatians 5.1, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. I got the worship team make their way back up. The grace life is a free life. And allow me to close in this way. I want to paint you a picture of two things. I want to paint a picture of what Christ brought freedom looks like. And two, I want to show you how to walk in freedom. You ready? Well, here we go anyway. Pre-Jesus, you had no choice but to walk according to the flesh. Trusting in your own abilities and walking by sight is what unbelievers call a normal life. But it's a faithless life and it isn't working. Since anything that isn't of faith is sin... Your former life was inherently sinful. And I don't mean that you were like a raging criminal. It's just that you were incapable of pleasing God no matter what you did. You may have been a a good sinner or a bad sinner, but you were a sinner nonetheless. You were separated from the life of God through your ignorance and unbelief. And now you're a saint and a sinner no more. When you say yes to Jesus, you're a saint and a sinner no more. You have a new identity, a new life, and a new master, a new friend. You're no longer stuck, no longer a slave to sin. You now have the freedom to choose how you'll walk, either in the old way of the flesh or the new way of the spirit. You can choose to eat from the tree of morality or the tree of life. You can choose death or you can choose life. But here's the important thing. If you choose to walk in the old way, Simple reality is your new life will resemble the old one. This is why some Christians are stuck. They left Egypt, but Egypt never left them. They're still thinking like slaves in Egypt, even though they're free. They're listening to the voice of old masters. 
And it doesn't help matters that these precious brothers and sisters are constantly told by pastors and church leaders that their sinful cravings and behaviors prove that they still possess a sinful nature or an innate tendency to sin. It's simply not true. When you say yes to Jesus, the old self is crucified. It's the gospel. It's simple. And any sinful nature you once had has been cut off. And that circumcision wasn't done by the hands of men. That circumcision was done by the hands of God. And there was nothing any man can do to change that. And I'm going to teach you next week this. That you're one with the Lord. You don't have two natures dueling for control. You don't have somebody over here and somebody over here. No, you are one. You're a partaker of the sinless life in Jesus and a divine nature of Jesus Christ. You just have to start believing it. Romans 6, 10 through 11 says, The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So how do you walk in the freedom you already have? Remember, you don't need to do anything to earn your freedom. It's free. It's free. Freedom is your starting point. You don't have to fight for freedom when you already have it. Be free. Two points from Romans 6.11. Count yourselves dead to sin. Reckon yourself alive to God in Jesus Christ. Count yourself dead to sin. Say yes to Jesus. Count yourself dead to sin and reckon yourself alive in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, God, we thank you and we ask that this message would take root in our life. God, that we would realize that we are walking in newness when we say yes to you. God, as we close in worship, speak. Speak mighty things, bold things, gospel things into every single home, into every single place, to every single ear, into every single heart, God, speak. We praise you that you went to great lengths for us. And you are so worthy of worship. Amen.
Now the reality is that some of you listening will want the freedom that Christ brings and you or 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 and or you want to walk in that freedom. Some need a renewal of their mind. Some need a new mind and a new past and a new present and a new future altogether. Some need to say yes to Jesus for the very first time. So I want to pray with you one more time before we close. And I want to let you know that the grace life is the best life. That if you feel stuck, the only way to get unstuck is with Jesus. And when you receive his grace, when you say yes to Jesus, it's the best thing you'll ever do. And if you make that decision today, we want to celebrate with you. Send us a message on Facebook. Email us at info at Guys, we're just getting started. And if you say yes to Jesus, that means you are too. Let's pray together right now as we close. And I just want to say that I'm believing that God is going to do more in your life and in your home this week than he has ever done before, no matter where you find yourself right now. Let's pray. Father, for every person today tuning in, God, we lift them up. We speak health into their home. We speak protection into their home. We speak truth and grace and peace into their home. And God, if there's any person today who's listening and they have never received the grace that you offer, God, we pray that you would make yourself very real. Guys, and the prayer is simple. It's just this. It's God, I believe. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that you were you you rose again and I receive your salvation. It's that easy. If you want to pray, pray with me right now. Say, Father, I come before you and I praise you and I thank you. God, I ask for your salvation. I receive it now. God, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of everything. I believe in you. And I want to follow you all the days of my life. I want that freedom that your gospel promises. Amen. Guys, it's that simple. And it's the best decision you'll ever make. Thanks again for joining us today at Venture Community Church Online. Join us next week. Love you. Have an incredible week. Adios. Again, thank you for joining us online at Venture Community Church. We hope that God moved miraculously in your home today. At VCC, we exist to grow and advance individuals and families by declaring and demonstrating His gospel to everyone, every day, everywhere. If God did something incredible in your life today, please email us at info at Also, if you feel like you want to partner financially with what God is doing here in Graham, in this country, and around the world through Venture Community Church, you can give online at VentureGram.org. Or you can give through our app. And all the instructions to download the app can be found on our website. Again, VentureGram.org. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week.